0: atheism is what floats someone's boat then that's that's true for them so it's it's whatever works and that's how it's applied basically to religion there is no truth with a capital t and by that i mean there is no objective reality in this way of thinking and it permeates our 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 world our culture here in america this this kind of thinking there is no truth with a capital t that stands on it own, on its own it exists it's transcendent in other words it's above people we tend to think that the truth originates at least this is what's taught and this is the predominant thinking truth that originates within us and what we come up with that helps us deal with life is the key Here's a quote from a book called Total Truth by Nancy uh, Percy. She says, concepts and convictions develop in, in this way of thinking. Concepts and convictions develop as tools for survival. There it is, tied to the evolutionary theory, survival of the fittest. The ideas that help you survive are the ones that survive. Those are the ones that are true. So concepts and convictions develop as tools for survival No different from the lion's teeth or the eagle's claws. So we've made this jump. We've applied evolutionary theory to our thinking really across the board in life. Um, William James was a, a philosopher who said that truth is the cash value of an idea. In other words, if it pays off, then it's true. If it helps you, if it pays off, then that's what's true. This this way of thinking, as I said, has made it in, across, into a, a lot of areas. Uh, education is one of them. John Dewey, for example, he's he actually had a, a tremendous impact on the educational system in America, and he had more to do with education than the decimal system, which he's known for. But he, he said the goal of education should be to teach students how to construct their own knowledge. Here's a statement from a modern educational theorist along this same line. Constructivism, which is this, this along these lines of thinking, constructivism does not assume the presence of an outside objective reality that is revealed to the learner, but rather that learners actively construct their own reality. This is the predominant way of thinking in our culture, that there is no reality outside of us. We create it. We construct it ourselves. And then whatever works, whatever reality that we create that helps us, that's what's true because it works. This is the way Americans think particularly. And I bring that up because it's it's such a contrast to what Jesus is saying, and I think it's a contrast to our own experience as well. If, if you think about it, each of us have had a very different experience with truth, where truth is discovered, and truth is something that we bump up against, and have to deal with. In other words, reality is something that we have to live with. I'd like to play a song, and it's not the Black Eyed Peas. <clears throat> I'd like to play a song for you. It's really an obscure song written by Elton John for a rock opera in 1999. So I don't think you've probably ever heard the song. But I want you to listen to the the lyrics because it it illustrates... It'll help me illustrate what I'm talking about. Let's listen to this song. It's called I Know the Truth. Some kind of shift, it'll start. But I know the truth and it haunts me. It's flown yet. That's for the children of the 70s. <laughs> just, just you know, you hear his voice and you think of several other songs. But um, the reason I played that is because his, what he's saying is, he thought he thought life was one way, he thought reality was one one way, but he found out it wasn't. We've all experienced this. I've experienced that. I've had truth mock me. I've had it shock me. Our experience is opposite than the theories we tend to buy into, because it's there, there is actually truth outside of us that can speak to us and that can shake us, because reality is the way it is, not the way we create it to be. Jesus is saying here, and this is why I'm bringing all this up, I am the truth, I am that reality. I am the one who has written in the reality, the truth, into the way life works. I am the one. I I am the one to follow because um, I I really have the things I say and the things I've done and who I am lines up with what really is. So that's why I bring that up to compare and contrast the the ideas that that were taught in school, the ideas that permeate our media and the thinking with what Jesus is saying. He's saying, no, there is an objective reality outside of this world, and I am it. I am that objective reality. So if you're investigating Christianity, that's what you need to check out. Is Jesus really who he said he is? That's why we need to investigate him. When you choose to follow him... He begins to shape your approach to every aspect of life. I'd like to read a quote by Francis Schaeffer. He was a major Christian thinker in the 20th century, and he brought a lot of uh, clarity to the core issues of our faith. Here's a quote from an address he delivered at Notre Dame. Christianity is not a series of truths in the plural, but rather truths spelled with a capital T, truth about total reality not just about religious things. Biblical Christianity is truth concerning total reality and the intellectual holding of that total truth and then living in the light of that truth. That's that's the kind of truth we're talking about. It's not only a truth that you believe in your mind, but it's a truth that you get into your life. It's It's a truth that you act on, that you do something about. This is what Jesus is saying. I am the truth. I am ultimate reality. And you put that truth in action. It should show up in the way that you live. That's that's what Jesus is is saying, and I hope that brings some clarity to you. This statement means, first of all, that Jesus is the source of truth for salvation he's the source of truth for salvation and he's the source of truth for how to live our lives and we're going to look at that next but he is the way to god in fact that's the context of this statement i am the way the truth and life no one comes to the father but by me remember thomas was like no i don't i don't know what you're talking about jesus right before he made this statement you know the way i'm going you know where i'm going i'm going to heaven to prepare a place for you you know the way And Thomas, no, Jesus, I don't know the way. What are you talking about? And then he said this, I am the way. So he is the source of truth for salvation. He's shown us the way. He's told us about the way. He is the way to God. Committing your life, turning around from going your own way, and committing your life to go his way is the way to eternal life. He is the origin of truth, is what he's saying here, and the one who communicates it. For salvation, John 1:17 says, "For the law was given through Moses; grace and truth came through Jesus Christ." Truth is the manifestation of reality. It's, it lines up with reality. It shows us when when you talk about shedding light on a subject, that means to see it as it really is. That's what Jesus is saying here. I, I am the truth, and grace and truth came through Him. He showed us how things really are. He was the ultimate revelation of what is real. And in terms of salvation, he shows us the way. John 5:24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whenever he says truly, truly, that means listen up. This is important. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. By believing in him. And this word for belief means that you put your well-being in his hands. You put your life in his hands. And you begin to live it in the way that he would. And you begin to listen to his truth and teaching and act upon it. You get it into your life and you put it into practice. So... Jesus is the source of truth for salvation, and following Him is the best way to live in the real world. John 8:31:33 says, "Jesus or through 32, sorry. Jesus then said to the Jews who had believed in him, "If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free." How you define freedom makes a big impact on your life. We tend to, our hearts are wired in a way where we tend to divine, define freedom as being able to do whatever we want at any given time. Just give in to our desires and impulses. And we, we You know, if I want to go over here, I go over here. If I want to spend my money here, I do that. But reality says if you give in to your desires and impulses and just do what you want, you, you don't find freedom, you enter into bondage and slavery. You find yourself in real trouble when you do that. Freedom, as Jesus is talking about, is is being able to become the person God made me to be and to fulfill the purpose in each situation I, I'm dealing with that he's made me for. So it brings a lot of meaning. That freedom that's talking about brings a tremendous amount of meaning to our lives. Because if, if we get into, he says, if you continue in my word, and he's talking to a group, he, he, he out, he addresses a specific group, the Jews who had believed in him. And the way this is written in the original language, they believed, but they haven't actually put their well-being in his hands. They haven't put their life in his hands. They believe mentally, but they haven't actually decided to really buy in to who he is and change the way they're living based on what he's teaching. And so um, he says to them, if you continue in my word, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So here's how you get to know the truth. You continue... In his word. So you you read his teaching, you read his word, get into the scripture, the Bible, and you read it and you hold on to it as you go through your day. And you continue in it, you remain in it, and you try to apply it to the different relationships that you have in your family, at work, to the different goals that you're trying to accomplish you take his truth and you try to do it the way that he would and the way he's instructed you to and as you hold on to his teaching as you hold on to the truth and you try to live it out then you find out it's real this is reality this is the way life works this is how it's put together so we give it a test drive, so to speak. This is what he's saying, because this group, remember the group he's talking to right here, he said something to in verse 30 to another group, the people who had put their faith in him. They had put their life in his hands. But to this group, he says, give it a test drive. This is how you're going to know the truth. If you hear it and then try to live it out in the way that that you work. And, What happens is, in our life, when you set out to follow Christ, you run into intersections all the time. Day after day after day, we hit these intersections. And at the intersection, you can choose to do your own thing, to make a choice, to live life your own way, or the the way the world at large would say to live it, or Jesus' way, because there's a big contrast in our, our normal way of thinking and the way Jesus would lead us. We hit these interse- intersections all the time. And Jesus is saying, if you want to know the truth, you choose my way at the intersection. Over and over and over again. And you begin to, to know reality. That's how you experience reality. The more you get into God's word and hold on to it and put the truth into action, the more you know the truth. Now, Jesus' truth, when he says, I am the truth, he's talking about reality. Like, I'm wearing a striped shirt and khaki blue jeans. or No, not blue jeans, khaki jeans. Can't have khaki blue jeans, can you? I'm not a fashion expert, I apologize. But I'm wearing, you know, whatever colors I'm wearing. Sorry. (laughs) I'm wearing these colors. That's true. But it doesn't really matter to you. It doesn't have any consequence other than the fact that I'm talking and you probably have to glance at the colors occasionally. It has no real consequence for your life. Now, the law of gravity, I've mentioned this before, is real. That has consequences. The colors of the chairs, that, that doesn't matter. The fact that the chair is going to hold you up is important because of the law of gravity. If, if I'm walking down a city street and something is falling toward my head that's going to squash me, I need to take action and get out of the way. That's the kind of truth that Jesus is. That's the kind of truth that's contained in His words. His, His words are true and real. It matters, it makes a huge difference whether or not we line up with his teaching and the way that we live our lives. Building your life on Jesus' words gives you a solid foundation for living. It, it is the solid foundation. Um, we need to build our life on that foundation. Jesus said it himself in Matthew 7:24 through 27 with a great crash. This this is an illustration of this the fact that Jesus' truth, his teaching, is based on reality. And when we live in line with it, our lives are built on a solid foundation. He is the truth and his truth should flow into our lives. It should end up in the way that we're talking to each other, the way that we're relating, the way that we're handling our our work. And the different responsibilities that we have. It should show up every day. Every day we arrive at intersections where we have a choice to go his way or to go our own way. When you decide to follow Christ, you say, yes, Jesus, I believe that you're the truth. I believe that you are real. You're the source of reality. And then every day you keep saying yes at those intersections. And God gives us the choice. The way he's wired us, we have the freedom to choose. But when we choose to go our own way, we pay a price for that. And, and, and our, our life gets shaky. It's not built on the strong foundation. Jesus promises that going his way at the intersections will provide that solid foundation. Now, here are some intersections. Decisions are one of those. Um, we're faced with a decision. When I'm faced with a decision... And I don't know if you've ever felt this, but I've, I've been attacked by decisions. All of a sudden, a decision attacks me, and I have to make it. It could be a major decision or a minor decision, but it's it's attacking me, and I've got to make this decision. Well, at, at that decision point, you have a choice. Am I going to rely on my own insight? The verse I have referenced there says, don't rely on your own insight, trust God. And I have that choice, either to rely on my own insight we to trust God to try to figure out what he thinks and what he wants in that situation. Relationships. We hit intersections in relationships all the time. One of those in- intersections that we hit on a consistent basis is conflict. When I want something, you want something else, and we're trying to relate and get along, and it's not working out because it blows up in our faith. Conflict is a reality in Relationships. But when we experience conflict, we're at one of those intersections. Jesus' way is to humble yourself and work through the conflict. When things are messed up in relationships, his way is to get it straightened out. And so whenever there's conflict, we're at this intersection. Romans 12:18 says, if you can, do everything you can to arrive at peace. We're not going to live at peace with everyone necessarily because... That involves two parties. But we, if we're following Christ, we do everything we can to arrive at peace. That's an intersection we have a choice to make. If you go Jesus' way and work through conflict over and over again and make things right, your life is solid. It's on a solid foundation. At work, we, we run into intersections all the time. Um, nobody seems to be noticing my effort. Well, when you hit that intersection, are you going to slack off and just sort of do enough to get by? Or are you going to work for the one you really work for, God himself? Colossians three twenty three and 24 talks about God is the one who's watching our work and he brings reward. When, when you think about your career and, and making an advance in your career, At that point, are you going to strive and scheme and do everything you can to undercut the people around you and to get ahead, sort of elbow your way to the front? Or are you going to be faithful to do your job to the best of your ability, try to be the best at what you're doing, and trust God to to move you ahead in the right way as you do that? When we serve, when we do ministry... In the church, we're at intersection after intersection, over and over again. I've been serving. No one seems to notice. Or I've been serving. I've been trying to help people, but I can't see any results. I can't see any fruit from my labors. At that point, Jesus says, you know, the big thing is just to be a faithful servant. That's what's really important to God but that's an intersection. Am I just going to back off because I'm not seeing any results, any fruit from my labor? Am I, am I going to? Nobody seems to appreciate what I'm doing, so am I just going to? At that point, you're, you've got to decide who are you serving? Who are you doing this for? Am I serving God or am I serving the people? Am I trying to, to serve them to get what I can out of them? Or am I trusting God to give me what I really need? And respond with our finances we come to intersections all the time one is when I look at my budget am I going to consume the money God's provided to, to bless me and mine or am I going to carve out some space to give and be generous and bless other people Jesus said in Luke 6 if you give you're going to be rewarded. It's going to be given back to you. That's an intersection. We took the tithe challenge. Some of us took the tithe challenge um, about a month ago, I believe. How's that going? If, it, if God has responded to you in the midst of your uh, decision to, to take that tithe challenge, let us know on the connection card. But that was just a challenge where we said, hey, I'm going to tithe 10%. My income from, uh, March to the next three months, March, April, May, June, to beginning of June, and see what God does in response. If, if He's responded to you, let me know, I'd love to know. When trouble strikes, we're at an intersection. How am I gonna respond to this trouble? I've added an intersection. Are we going to, are we going to just run from it? Are we going to bear the weight of the responsibility that's there and the trouble, or am I just gonna Check out and take a break. Am I going to still stay in there and try to figure out what God wants in this situation, or am I just going to give myself a break? Oh, anybody in this circumstance would check out and do what they want and kind of take a breather from following God. And we have a choice. We're at that, we hit these all the time. Jesus says if you choose to go his way, he, he will give you a solid foundation for your life. We're going to receive our offering in a few minutes and I'd like to give you some ways to respond to the message this morning uh, here are some next steps that you could take um, you could memorize Matthew 720